When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Brady. I will be one of your hosts here tonight on another night where the Winnipeg Jets come away with a W. Uh, I hope you guys are feeling well. The Winnipeg Jets are undefeated this year. They have not lost a game. They have not even lost in overtime this year. Uh <laughs> Uh, hey, that, that was uh, that was a really interesting game for sure. And uh, first of all, you know, of course, uh, happy holidays is all. I hope you guys all enjoyed your uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's, whatever the the New Year's uh, uh, celebrations. I hope you guys all had lots of fun and stayed safe. Um, but man, I was excited actually to get back here. The Winnipeg Jets facing off against the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. We get to see. A great matchup. We we finally, finally get to see the best goalie in the world in the in the in Bell MTS place facing off against Andre Vasilevsky and the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, uh, as Kishore says in the in the uh, chat, New Year, same Jets. Uh, take that how you want, and whether you, I'm not sure if he's, uh, you know, alluding to uh, maybe you know uh, a bit of a a wishy washy game where you know certain parts were really really good and certain parts you can, you're you're sitting there going, is this the team that is you know has been fighting for first place in the central all year, um, or just uh, on a on a pure base level of you know the Jets winning uh you know continuing their win streak, uh, I believe they're at now a as I think they said on the broadcast right near the end a franchise um. Uh, what was it? A franchise. Uh, uh, f- uh, what's the word? Oh, my goodness. Record. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, a franchise record uh, where the Winnipeg Jets now have points in nine games straight. That's pretty good. If you uh, if you ask me, and it's a great way to start off uh, 2024 for the Jets. Um, although this game definitely uh, has has a lot of, of question marks in it. Um but at the end of the day, just win, baby. Just like Kishore says in the uh, in the chat, uh, winning, of course, is the most important thing. Uh, the process as we get there, you know, was there are certain parts of this game where I look at and I'm like the this stretch of 10, 15 minutes. Great. Fantastic. Some of the best hockey the Jets have played. 
Uh, and and parts of this game where I am sitting here going, ee, this is my team. Uh, I, I, where did these guys come from? Um, and you know what? Uh, like, first off, before we even get into the game, the Lightning, of course, uh, one of the few teams where the Jets are going to be playing in the next little bit that are, you know, a de- uh, well, not just not a decent team, but like, you know, a team where you go, oh, you, you circle that on the schedule and go, OK, like this is going to be a, a good matchup. Uh, obviously, they're nowhere. They're not exactly the, uh, you know, the dynasty Tampa Bay Lightning from a couple of years ago, uh, but they still do have a lot of their core pieces still intact. Uh, and tonight they're running uh, 13 forwards and five defense because of uh, injuries and cap stuff. Uh, so that was something I was really hoping the Jets would be able to feast upon. Uh, and I, I I actually haven't even decided if I think that they did or not. Uh, I would say probably not, um, especially considering there's a certain line that we're going to have to talk about. We're going to have to have a little discussion about because uh, they've kind of fallen off. Um, but all in all, uh, a really fun and interesting game for. Uh, all around and you know what let's let's just hop into it i think this is one of those games i feel like needs to be taken a little bit uh in you know as the game went on we can and i think each period kind of brings up certain things that i want to talk about so we're just going to kind of go through the motions of the game so starting off the jets have a bad start uh this is not new for the jets um i wouldn't say that they're you know uh, uh an always a bad start team but it's definitely something we need to worry about because when they don't start well it can be tough uh luckily ha- uh hellebuck bailed them out pretty early on with a couple good saves um but not too big of a deal uh all of that goes until adam lowry apparently high sticks uh darren uh who is it darren radish uh, yes, Darren Radish. Uh, and, uh, and of course the replay reveals that it was in fact, uh, Philip Myers who did, uh, a high stick Radish in the face and Lowry. Um, you know, I kind of wish Lowry made a bit more of a stink about it. You know, I, I, I know they were talking on the broadcast saying stuff like, you know, oh, you know, good sportsmanship to just go off the ice, not complain about it. But like, you're the captain, you're allowed to talk to the refs. You're allowed to go up to him and go, Hey man, I didn't touch him. Listen, they're not going to usually call that back. I think I remember one time where in the past where the NHL, um, where refs like looked up and saw it on the jumbotron and just went, Ooh, we got that wrong, uh, and changed it. But that is not par for the course. Um, this is just, just an unfortunate one. And you know what? It sucks. And I I hate that I'm about to say this, but like, if we're going to, if we're going to go, you know, refs on, on one end of the spectrum or not on the other end of the spectrum, um, I'd rather be them be, uh, more, apt to calling calls than not calling them um but unfortunately this one is tough and also what makes it even tougher is that like i want to say like a minute before appleton got high sticked and no call nothing again not a big deal you can't live and die by the refs it is what it is but uh obviously refs have been a big topic of discussion especially today uh with all the ryan hartman stuff going on which i will talk about at the end of the show, we have to talk about a game first, but uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen that I've been losing my mind over the Ryan Hartman stuff. But anyways, um, this un- was uh, the, you know, the, the Lowry ghost penalty was very unfortunate because, um, of course, it of course, of course, when it's a goal or when it's a, a penalty like that. Uh, of course, it's going to go in, in the worst way possible. Leads right to Stamkos getting a beautiful one-timer. I mean, that's that's a, his bread and butter. That's what he does on the power play. It's him and Ovechkin in that spot. Uh, what can you do? 
we can all sit here and go, you know, the power play needs to be better, which is something we, I think I have a bit of a blind spot, not necessarily a blind spot too, but it's just something where I'm not as good at assessing, um, you know, what needs to be fixed on, on the PK. Um, but unfortunately having no Lowry, uh, out there is also going to be pretty tough on you in order to, uh, you know, try and stop one of the better power plays in the league from scoring. Um, but all in all, this first period was rough, uh, for at least a good chunk of it. Like I can't even think of like one, one or two, uh, like chances the Jets got the, the puck management was really, really bad early on, especially by that top line, which I'm going to talk about in the, in a minute. Um, but in general, the first line or, or sorry, the, the first period, like I, I can remember maybe one chance where like Nino kind of walked in on, on, on the side and got like a pretty standard, whatever shot, but it only stuck out to me because the jets had no chances. Uh, the, the second line seemed to be buzzing at least early on in the game. Uh, they, they felt like the one line other than obviously the fourth line who was, uh, creating zone time as well as getting chances and also moving the puck into dangerous spots in the, in the slot. Um, so I really liked what they had going on to the start, but oh my goodness, what has happened to our globe trotter line? What happened? We had the best line in hockey for like, I don't know, four or five games straight. And Obviously, we knew that having like an 80% expected goal share uh, was not sustainable. We know that that was not sustainable. But I just sit here and I I look and I go, what is happening? Um, from all ends, this line was not working today. And they haven't really been great for one or two games now, I want to say. Um, I don't know what happened. It, like, it, it, it just feels like the the uh, skills that each of the players are providing one thing that is a big big issue i will say is nikolai ehlers and his his puck management is really really difficult when you don't have guys like vlad nemestikov for example uh on his line who are more of the worker type whereas you know mark shifley you know he'll he'll go into the corners he'll try and and you know get the puck but his goal is to get the puck and and like make like a move to go through a player rather than just straight up going into the corner, bodying a guy and getting body position on the puck and skating it out that way. Uh, Gabe Velarde is able to do that, but unfortunately Gabe Velarde can't be everywhere on the ice. And, uh, and Hey, he he's only played what, like 10 games with Nikolai Ehlers in his entire career now. Uh, so I, I can't fault him for not knowing exactly what's going on in either's head. And, and I don't know what's going on in his head either, but at the same time, when it comes to, you know, Mark Shifley, uh, he's kind of reverting back to his older ways in regards to, um, you know, like the, I, I remember there's one specific moment in the first period where he kind of uh, like tried to do a, he tried to cheat for offense, which sometimes is fine and sometimes it works, um, but we're down, a, you know, and, and we're down a goal. So I, I don't blame him for that. It's just what it results in. And this is the one where he tries to chip it past the defender. He can't get past him. And, it seems like everyone on the Jets was like, all right, guys, we're all going out now um, because the 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 Tampa defenseman just passes it to my, uh, Michael, Michael Acemont. I almost said Mikey, Michael Acemont, uh, who has like all the time in the world in front of the net. Um, luckily, isn't able to do anything with it. Um, but boy, oh boy, I was scared. It was not good. But uh, anyways, returning back to that first line. Um, yeah, like it, it just feels like 
everything that was clicking is is gone. Uh, Velarde's still able to do his thing in tight, um, but he's also a player where it feels like he kind of needs the you know the play to be moved into the zone for him. Um, and it felt like the the that line just was not able to create any zone time, was not create, able to create any chances. It felt like even the times that they were in the zone uh, and had the puck, they, they, they were just kind of passing it around until they got picked off and they just weren't really able to do anything whatsoever. Um, so that was really frustrating. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk uh, a little bit in the third, in the third period, because eventually the blender was taken out, uh, which was probably for the best. Um, but I remember looking on, uh, on, on money puck and, and after the first period, like it was, you know, the other, every other line for the jets 70 and up, uh, and the Ehlers Shifley Velarde line was like 10%, maybe even less than that expected goal share for the first period. Um, and also newsflash that continued throughout the second period as well as, well, I guess not in the third period, considering, uh, they did get broken up, but they got absolutely dominated tonight bad bad game for them um i hope you know if if the jets do end up going back to it uh which we'll have that conversation uh near the third period part um i I, i'd be willing to give them a shot again that's for sure but it it is difficult for sure. Um, but regardless, that kind of caps off the first period. The uh, basically the the end of 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 the period was the the funny uh, de- uh, delay game penalty, which was uh, pretty interesting. I'm surprised that, uh, you know, obviously I'm not surprised that Tampa would argue it that heavily. But I mean, OK, so so this is obviously what happens. Um, one of the defenders on the lightning tries to, you know, dish it out of the zone. And it ends up going out of play. And obviously, if it lands in the bench, it's not a penalty for a delay game. If it goes over the uh, the boards and behind the bench uh, and into the crowd, it is, of course, a delay of game penalty. What happens is Steven Stamp, I want to say it was Steven Samkos, uh, just throws his stick up uh, probably out of just instinct, out of reflex, uh, and ends up knocking the puck down. So I actually have never seen this happen in a game where uh, the puck was definitely going out, at least in my opinion. It looked like the trajectory going straight out. Um, But I've never seen this happen where the refs have to kind of decide if it was in fact going out. But also at the same time, I'm kind of sitting here going, okay, so either we say that it was going out uh, or it wasn't going out based on whatever. But Stamkos also technically plays the puck while he's not uh, like while he's in the bench which is a penalty you're not allowed to do that it would be an extra skater or a delay a game penalty i'm i'm not 100 sure exactly what the penalty would be all i know is that you are not allowed to play the puck from inside the bench um actually no it's interference it's interference it's interference you have to have two uh, two uh feet on the ice uh in order to be a part of the play um and of course, he is not. It's the same type of penalty. If you've ever seen a penalty called when like a guy is coming out of the penalty box and like touches the puck before stepping onto the ice, I guess that would kind of work itself out to be the same thing. Anyways, regardless, pretty silly uh, thing to happen. But uh, the Jets get 17 seconds on the power play before the period ends. Uh, and would you look at that when there's only 17 seconds, the Jets are able to almost create a beautiful chance where they win the draw. It goes back to uh, Ehlers, who's on the right wall, passes it up top, who uh, it was Shifley at, the, at that time, was at the top, 
throws it over to the left wall where uh, Josh Morrissey is, and he just makes a beautiful pass in through the crease uh, where G- Gabe Velarde potentially could have got a stick on it. Unfortunately, it does go right back through. Uh, but Nikolai Ehlers also uh, gathers the puck. And this is, you know, I'm not going to probably, I'm probably not going to talk too much about power play today because I've kind of talked about power play a ton. Um, but hey, this just goes to show that you can decide to shoot the puck early and often on your power play and uh, and then fight to try and get the puck back. You don't need to be so worried that the second you shoot the puck that that's the only chance you're going to get. Anyways, we'll can it there. Uh, shots were 11-7. Not a great start for the Jets. They ended up figuring it out kind of at the six or seven minute mark um, or four five minute mark. I'm not even sure when it was, uh, but they did not look dangerous whatsoever. However, they were pretty good at keeping, uh, you know, the, the lightning away from the big, uh, sorry, the, the super dangerous spots. Um, but of course you go into the break down one, nothing, um, moving on to the second period. I mean, this is, uh, a really interesting period. Again, the jets start off with their power play. It sucks. I'm again, I I've already spoken the issues on that entries puck puck retrievals uh there was literally it was like they didn't have a power play even for the minute 45 or whatever they had minute 40 um but yeah uh and this period for me is when kind of the game opened up a little bit and of course the jets is this is the period that the jets do end up scoring two of their goals and i have to praise pionk so much on this goal because while it just seems like it is just a tip in goal this is like it was so perfect if if you watch the replay of this you can see pionk gesturing for the 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 slap pass from brendan dillon for like a good second or two um i also have to give some big big ups to the fourth line because man where would we be right now if, if if the Jets' fourth line wasn't going? Like, I feel like ev- it's been every single game for the past three to four games, basically whenever kind of the, the top line stopped being super heavy hitters, uh, that they've been chipping in. Like, they have been so important for the Jets to keep this 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 pace that they've had all throughout December. I mean, they went 10-1-2 in December. Now, with this win here, 11-1-2. and Um and and the fourth line has been uh, such an important piece of that. They are constantly, constantly getting zone entries for the Jets, creating time where they are in the offensive zone. But also, like on top of that, like they're getting chances. Like tonight, how many times did AJF like get a really decently good chance to score? Like I remember there was one. I think it was in the third period i want to say uh no it was it was right near the end of this period sorry i do have it in my notes um the one where they're they're cycling around and ajf kind of bumps off like almost like how you would watch like the power play do a pass to the bumper and gets a shot right in the slot like so so helpful so useful and coming back to the pionkel this happens because morgan baron is supporting neil pionk neil pionk is getting pressured on the right side of the zone um, by the Tampa Tampa defense. Obviously, you have Brennan Dillon on his side. He's kind of in the middle area, but that's a really dangerous and tough pass to make, especially when you're being pressured. The easiest, simplest thing to do is just to dump it back into the corner, hope that your guys get it. But at the same time, you don't want to always just give the puck away. And what Morgan Barron does here is he provides a close support for Neil Pionk, allows him to make 
a nice, simple five foot pass, dish it off, dish the pressure off of him. Um, and what Morgan Barron does then takes the open ice that he has circles around, passes it over to Brendan Dillon and Neil Pionk creeping through the weeds, just creeping through the weeds. He saw this at his opportunity. He knew exactly what he had to do. Um, it, it, it's great. From uh, I'm usually not a huge proponent of the behind the net cam, but they showed such a great angle just to show um, how Pionk just slowly slides away from dishing the puck off and going, no, 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 pay attention to them and just kind of fades into the background and then goes, oh, I have a lane right in the middle. And as soon as he starts darting to the middle, um, you see him immediately with his stick. He, you can tell by the way he's holding it. He's going, Dilly, Dilly, come on, give me a slap pass right now. I got the perfect spot for this tip. And makes no mistake, Brendan Dillon, fantastic slap pass. Neil Pionk, perfect tip, perfect tip. So, so good. Again, the fourth line, huge on this. Neil Pionk, great at uh, at acknowledging the opportunity he had to not take a, you know, a crazy, uh, uh, not just like try and, you know, blow the zone and try or not blow the zone, sorry, but try to, you know, get too, too many defense deep. He knew he had Baron as a cover. This was his chance to go into the middle, get an opportunity. Brandon Dillon doesn't miss the slap pass. Fantastic. One, one things are looking a little bit up, but, uh, but I'll be honest with you. Still, still not the best hockey the Jets have played. Um, play continues on, uh, the, the other notable moments I can remember from here was, uh, Appleton getting absolutely, uh, uh, seatbelt hooked by, uh, 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 geez, uh, Victor Hedman, um, no call, of course, whatever, who it is, it is what it is. We'll do our bitching about ref segment right at the end of the game. Don't worry. Um, and player safety, mainly player safety. Um, there's that as well as there's the AJF and Baron get like that two on O chance where I just kind of wish. AJF would have just shot the puck rather than make a, a really late pass to Baron. It is what it is. They're fourth liners for a reason. They're not supposed to be the impact guys, despite the fact that they are. And then the, uh, you know, the, 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 the second line comes through for the Winnipeg jets and scores a goal. Exactly how I would like to say, or how I would imagine Rick bonus draws up his goals. This goal happens because this second line was in the opposing zone for 30, 40 seconds. You can tell that Tampa was tired, so tired here. And uh, hey, Alex Iafalo is the beneficiary of this one to his own work that he does on the wall. Vladimeskov in behind the net, pushes it over to, uh, to Alex Iafalo, who's a little bit further up the wall. Uh, he's fighting off a Tampa defender, finds the puck, is able to seize Colperfetti in the middle, makes a nice little, little push pass through his legs. Colperfetti realizes he's got no help in regards to someone across the ice in order to, to pass to the defensemen that, that are in the zone aren't really in great positions to make a clean and safe pass to. So what does he do? He just walks in, tries to rip the shot. Uh, Vasilevsky makes a big pad save and Alex, I follow who not only starts this play, of course, with Vladimir uh, but starts the play by moving it out to Colperfetti. Uh, joins back in on the play immediately right after picks up the rebound and scores just the 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 right type of goal again uh, we've been harping on how the the how the first line hasn't been great and you want to know why it's because they play they they've been playing skilled hockey and it hasn't been working when they've played against teams like the wild uh who like to be 
dirty and uh, get in people's way. Uh, I still think that Tampa is is a pretty good team, despite the fact that they're in a wild card race right now. I think that just more or less says uh, about how good the the Atlantic is. Um, like this type of goal is is the type of goal I was saying it on the last stream. The the Lowry goal from from the uh, from the wild game. Uh, the Jets need to be able to create these greasier goals because we're not going to get the globetrotter hockey uh, from that top line every game. And I think that's honestly the key to fixing that top line is just simplifying it. Like they're, they're just trying too hard to do everything perfectly that they're not allowing themselves to get the red shots. I'm supposed to be talking about the second line. Sorry, I keep always wanting to talk about the first line because uh, they, they, they've been frustrating, but also really good in the past. So you're like, how can we get back to it? You know, um, regardless, uh, uh, just a fantastic goal. Great. Uh, good, good on the jets, uh, here. And why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach, you visit a private Island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And basically the Jets do something that they've done a lot recently. And I, I know I remember seeing Kishore here in the chat here. Um, he was he joined me for the the Boston game. And one of the things that he pointed out in that Boston game was that the Jets were able to go like, I don't know however long, like 15 minutes probably without allowing a shot. Uh, and this is kind of what the Jets did again today. Uh, you know, this this again to conclude kind of the the, you know, the second period. Nothing really important. <laughs> But uh, what happens is the Jets get in front and they they finally get their lead that they need. And they let the defense kind of roll with it at around the 15 minute point of the uh, of the second period. The 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 lightning weren't able to get anything at all. If you look at the money, uh, the money puck chart right around the 15 minute mark of the second period, you can see that the the the, the offense, the expected goals stops dead and it's tracks um, right around this moment here. And it's pretty much all Winnipeg Jets from there. Up until this point, they were getting absolutely schlocked. The Jets are where that is. Excuse me. Uh, in unexpected goals. But um, but there really is something to be said about how this team is able to lock down games. I know that they, they um, you know, we, we've had moments where we're unable to, you know, hold, hold like a shutout for, for Hellebuck. Also, we have got to stop doing the wave guys. It is, it is a guaranteed goal against what is going on guys. You do that in the last 10 seconds, then I'm happy. Um, regardless, uh, Hellebuck still had a 941 tonight. I, I shouldn't be complaining. Um, <laughs> But but no, but like this, this is really something that has to be said about this team is that they have become so, so good uh, at locking games down. Like I, I 
I don't know, maybe someone in the chat can remind me the last time that um, the Jets like blew a lead. I can't remember when that would have been, um, at least not on the spot at the moment. But like, I think that the the Lightning didn't get any like actual chances until probably the like last five, seven minutes of the third period. Like, especially I'm pretty sure also the Jets had had penalties in that in that time, too. Oh, wait, no, the Jets have power plays. Never mind. Oops. Um, but they did have penalties at the end of the second period too, regardless, turn out his hold. Anyways, the point is though, the Winnipeg Jets have become very, very good at locking down their games. I know that the, the lightning do end up getting a late goal. Of course, that is a power play goal, but tonight at five V five, no goals against that is good. Very, very good. The best five on five team in the league. I'm just going to say it guys. Playoffs is mostly played at 5v5. I mean, every hockey game is mostly played at 5v5. But playoffs, they put the whistles away. And if if the Jets have, like, again, if they can if they can uh, improve even minorly at their PK and their power play, easy peasy. Even if they don't. Uh, like I said, those, those moments, while they do, you know, they are very important, of course. Um, I think the Jets can even get away with the, how their power play is doing now and go on a run. Like it, th- this team, if they continue to play the way that they have been, at, at least in regards to locking games down, at least in regards to, you know, uh, coming back from games again, they, they were down one nothing in this game and, and they didn't let that bother them. I know it's only a one nothing lead, um, but again, a, a win's a win and and the Jets got there. Uh, you know, if you if you really want to do the whole money puck uh, deserve to win a meter thing, we're sitting at about 50 50 right now. Um, like this, this was a, uh, a, not a great game by the jets. There was a lot of moments where the lightning took over and the jets did what they could do to just, you know, uh, to, to get through those moments. But that's why you have a guy like Connor Hellebuck. Like he was great tonight. And, and there were a couple big saves. I'm trying to remember exactly which one there was one where, um, the lightning player. Oh God. I can't remember it now. Uh, I want to see my notes. Give me one moment. Oh, it, at the start of the second period, uh, the, the one where where Pionk uh, gives a, a complete pizza over to the uh, to the Lightning player, I can't remember who it was. He walks in and Hellebuck bails him out. Uh, that's just one of many that I can think of tonight. Uh, like the, the Jets have a bit of everything. It it is truly truly interesting and truly fun to be a a fan of this team, despite that you know it's not always fun the entire game but when the jets uh are down they are usually able to to at least try to mount and come back that's one of the the beauties about having depth is that when your top line isn't able to do it for you your bottom two lines come through um but hey uh that i mean that kind of concludes the second period chat again i'm just kind of going through it as is uh third period starts and this is when we get the blender uh so we finally get a change to that top line. Uh, we just end up switching the the centerman. Uh, Shifley ends up going with uh, Alex Iafalo and uh, Cole Perfetti, uh, as well as uh, Nikolai Ehlers going uh, and Velarde going with Vlad Nemestikov. Um, as far as this change goes, I think that this is a great in-game change and could be a decent one if 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 they decide to go back to trying that Globetrotter top line and it just doesn't work again, then. 
I actually think that these are not terrible lines to go with. I think that Cole Perfetti is a great player uh, to have with with Mark Scheifele because I actually think that their their games are very similar. I would say Perfetti's a little bit closer on the on the uh, the per, the playmaking side of things rather than Scheifele is a bit closer to the goal scoring with you know some playmaking edge. I'm just hoping that this would will create on that line if if they stick with this line with I follow. Uh, um, Perfetti and Shifley. I am just hoping that this will create a scenario scenario that encourages Shifley to shoot a lot more because he has a great shot and he just has not been using it this year. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, putting a playmaker like Cole Perfetti with him, great. Alex, I follow again. He's just kind of your lunch pail, go to work, get get in the corner, dig the puck out kind of guy uh, for that line. Um, and he's been decently hot as of late, so why not give him the bump? Give him a shot. He's also pretty decent defensively, so not my favorite player on the Jets, but uh, definitely a, a useful piece to be put in that spot. Uh, and then, it, you know, going back to the Velarde, uh, uh, Ehlers, Nemeskov line, um, like that. That that's here's the thing. Like, I think Nikolai Ehlers really is the key in all this, um, because he almost like kind of how like. And I'm not, I don't want to make this comparison. I don't want anyone to take me out of context here, but almost like how um, <clears throat> you can't necessarily just put any player with Connor McDavid because they need to be able to keep up with them. Um, and I feel like Vlad Nemeskov, n- not necessarily speed wise, but thinking wise is able to keep up with, with, uh, with Nikolai Ehlers and that he's, he's been really instrumental in getting the best out of Ehlers in regards to when they were playing the, you know, the Vlad Ehlers and, uh, and Perfetti line was together. Um, as well as all the other times where it just felt like we couldn't find someone for, for Ehlers to play with, uh, Vlad Nemeskov has come in and kind of been that guy, kind of just a stable center who is, is, is just going to do exactly, uh, what he does all the time. He's reliable. He's consistent. And I think that's what Nick needs with him as well as someone who's consistent, but also on his level in regards to how they're thinking and how they're seeing the game. Um, and then of course, Velarde. He he's your your net front guy. He's he's the guy who, uh, when when Nikolai Ehlers is skating around, uh, you know, causing causing chaos, uh, skating around the perimeter and eventually floats a shot in. Uh, you know, Velarde is the big body who's there to either put a tip on, get the rebound, or use his hands in front in order to, uh, you know, deke out the goalie, which he almost did in the on the on the power play in the third period. Um, so I definitely think that these lines have potential. But I still think that the magic that we saw with the Ehlers, Shifley, and Velarde line uh, needs to be revisited. We can't just get rid of it just straight up like this. I think that it's one of those things where you have to sit those guys down and just figure out, try to get them all on the same level, you know, Um, at least thought wise. Um, But as I said, kind of uh, the game continues on. The Jets do really, really well at keeping the shots uh, low. I remember the amount of times I kept looking up and seeing the shots uh, for for the Lightning staying at 25 um, was was incredible uh, for for a very long time uh, or eventually to 26, of course. Um, But yeah. Anyways, garbage time happens. You know, we get the Ehlers goal where, you know, Vlad blocks the uh, the the outlet pass from Vasilevsky. uh, And hey. Kudos to Vlad for both reading where the pass was going, but also at the same time, not just like freaking out and shooting the puck immediately, but having the like poise to just like stop, turn around, see Ehlers is wide open in the slot and go, hey, you probably have a better angle for the shot here. You take this. Uh, Ehlers rips a five hole, 
easy peasy lemon squeezy happy with that one morgan baron gets a uh you know uh, an easy empty net goal uh and then of course with 36 seconds left kucherov gets his power play goal and there you have it guys the winnipeg jets undefeated in 2024 don't go anywhere just yet um because i i do want to talk a little about player safety but uh hey a win's a win wasn't the prettiest game for sure by the jets definitely have some things that need to be improved Still got to work on the power play. Still got to work on the PK. But at the end of the day, Connor Hellebuck is an animal, is the best goalie in the world, obviously. Uh, the the Jets have incredible depth. The The defense are, were pl- you know, playing very, very well today, in my opinion. I, th- I, I thought there was there was not a single person on that decor where I was like, you, you know, had this exact moment where it was terrible. I mean, maybe I guess Pionk, but he also had a, a great moment to score. So uh, he's off the hook. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that wraps the game at least, uh, before we finish off here, guys, we have to talk a little bit about Ryan Hartman, Ryan Hartman. You may ask, uh, if, if you're, if you're not aware, uh, player for the, the Minnesota wild, uh, dirty player also for the Minnesota wild. Um, today he did in fact get fined, uh, $4,427, um, you know, for high sticking Cole Perfetti. And then right after that happens, uh, we get an interview with Cole Perfetti just after their morning skate where Cole Perfetti uh, mentions the fact that um, <laughs> mentions the fact that he was on Mike last that game. And he, while he was on Mike, not only did uh, not only did he speak to Ryan Hartman about it, uh, but Ryan Hartman admitted to him and said, yeah, that was on purpose. That was intentional um so then just Twitter goes into a uh, just a spree just a crazy spree of what the hell is going on and this is when uh merrick jeff merrick comes out and mentions the fact that um here this is the tweet he had further further note on the hartman situation in exchange for players agreeing to wear mics none of the audio captured can be in can be used in connection with disciplinary action this goes back to the 2005 agreement Listen, a rule's a rule. That is what it is. I think that uh, when it comes to policies like this, um, you know, uh, it's never. I, I, I don't. I, I don't know how I feel about this in regards to what needs to be changed on it, if it needs to be changed or not. But at the end of the day, I think this is a good time for us to have this discussion because we're at a time where you know. Uh, things get policed in the game we have we have mics everywhere in the arena but sometimes we can't pick up everything um but we also want to make sure that you know players are are not saying horrible terrible things to each other uh if you remember a couple of years ago uh when when the whole morgan riley uh reg the puck or reg it uh, uh saga went down where everyone was arguing whether he said that or he said something a little more uh a little more offensive um you know, maybe it would be nice to be able to uh, go in and like, you know, check the audio if a player happened to be wearing a mic and confirm something uh, or in an example like this where, you know, maybe we don't make the case uh, 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 saying, you know, saying that, you know, he should be suspended because he said this thing specifically. But if Colbert Fetty goes up to uh, the disciplinary committee and is like, hey, not only, like I'm the one who got hurt, I injured by this. I got to, I'm the one who got to get the stitches uh, in my face. Um, and he told me it was, it was, you know, <laughs> he told me he was doing it on purpose. 
at a certain point, we have to have this conversation of what is best for the game? What is best for the game? Uh, and I'm not the one to determine that. It, this is all for, you know, uh, this is just for everyone to ponder, think about as we move forward, as as our sport constantly evolves, as we keep tinkering with the rules. Um, because at the end of the day, uh, it sucks. It, it really does because Ryan Hartman uh, is a dirty player. And this is not news to anyone. Um, I want everyone now to erase the intention part from their brain, at least the the microphone moment where Cole Perfetti's talking about it. Let's just talk about the high stick as a whole. So uh, if you want to see the clip, it's on my Twitter. I unfortunately cannot show it to you guys on the uh, on the show here at NHL Chunky. Go check it out. It's probably buried under a bunch of tweets uh, about how Ryan Hartman sucks. Uh, but just go to my thing. Go to the media. Look through it. Um, but the point is, is that if you're watching this, I, 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 I like I truly wanted to try and put myself in the position of player safety Um a department which has notably been terrible for a while. Uh, I still cannot believe the fact that we have a former enforcer, George Peros, who currently has, is it a podcast? A clothing brand? I know he has a clothing brand called The Violent Gentleman, basically glorifying the violence in the sport. How that person is the head of the, the player safety committee. It just does not make sense to me. It just does not make any sense to me how this ended up being just a fine. I also want to let you guys know, uh, Ryan Hartman, not even the most, uh, you know, not even the most well-paid player in the league. He makes, you know, his cap hit is 1.7 mil this year. His, uh, his, his salary is $2 million. I'd love that by the way, (laughs) that'd be great. Um, but the, the, this fine of $4,427 is less than half of a pe- of a percent of his yearly salary. So, just as just an example, let's just take like a, a random salary uh, of a, a a normal person who isn't um, an NHL player. Let's just say, for example, just for this this thought process, let's just say fifty thousand dollars yearly, and let's just say that someone uh, 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 speeds. Everyone driving occasionally will speed. Uh, just I, actually, you know, what, actually, I think speeding is a good analogy for uh, uh, and sorry, analogy <laughs> for uh, for, you know, doing for having dirty hits like crossing the line, um, because it's a thing where some people I'm sure you all know someone out there who is a speed demon constantly pushes the edge, constantly speeds when they drive uh, and you go, hey, man, you're probably going to get. Uh, caught with a couple speeding tickets and there are some people who just you know very accidentally sometimes in in moments accidentally speed and and speed will go a little too fast um but the thing is if 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 say this person who has has a fifty thousand dollar annual salary gets a speeding ticket that is let's just say like a two hundred dollar ticket that is more that is more out of that person's pocket than ryan hartman going up to Cole Perfetti on a face-off draw saying, I hit, it was saying late, I guess he said later on saying I did that on purpose, but literally intentionally premeditated as revenge, hitting someone in the face with a hockey stick. Like I, I just, I just, I, I just need the league. I need player safety to think about this because if you just watch this clip, Ryan Hartman 
does not try to to win the face off. He does not. He puts his stick down and immediately just goes straight up at Colperfetti. Um, it's a great thing that Colperfetti only had to get a couple stitches on his face. But like, what was the point of this? This was the second game where, yes, I understand that Kirill Kaprizov got injured the game before. But hey, you want to know how that that this game starts? You want to know how that game started with Adam Lowry and Pat Maroon fighting. In regards to the code, Lowry was the one who went up to Maroon. It was like, hey, man, let's get this over with so we can just play some hockey. And Maroon goes, got it. Cool. Let's do this. They they you know, they have their whole fight thing. They do their thing. Um and yet, for some reason, Ryan Hartman still has a score to settle. And what does he do? He goes after Cole Perfetti, a 21, 21-year-old, 20-year-old, 19, I don't know. He's young. He's young, and he's tiny. He is a small guy. Ryan Hartman goes after just one of uh, one of the players that like is was not even a part of this. Again, it was Brendan Dillon who was the one who injured Kirill Kiprizov off of a standard two-minute cross-checking penalty, which should technically be elevated to a five-minute penalty because he injured Kaprizov. But regardless, a such a like non... Uh, again, it's in the middle of play. It is what it is. I just don't understand how this makes sense to in Ryan Hartman's head. But then on top of that, your player safety, you're watching this. You can tell. You can tell from this video that he does not... Uh, oh, he turned 22 yesterday. Thank you, Superior CD. I appreciate that. Um, you can tell from this video that he does not try to get the puck. He immediately, immediately goes for, for Cole Perfetti's head. Okay, so again, we know that now. So let, let's just assume that we are at least uh, suspicious that he may have done this uh, on purpose. Okay, let's look at the context of the game. Okay, so yesterday they just, the, the Wild and Jets just played the night before. Um... <laughs> And we know that the, the you know, tensions are high. And Ryan Hartman is no saint, guys. This is a player who, prior to this fine, was suspended three times. Has been fined six times. You can make a highlight pack of Ryan Hartman just doing dirty things. He's the new age Matt Cook. He is. He's, he's new age Matt Cook. Um, and so it is just baffling to me it is baffling to me how a a department of of the nhl titled player safety can look at this and just go just give him a slap on the wrist guys hey you'll you'll stop speeding right you'll stop speeding if we give you a 200 dollars fine no you're just gonna keep doing it until you get you're gonna keep trying to get away with it no matter what so this is bullshit it's terrible. I think that the, the uh, you know we 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 constantly have criticized player safety for many many reasons. Obviously, I'm I am am very biased in this. Obviously, I am a Jets fan and I'm a Cole Perfetti fan. But all day I had to also battle Minnesota Wild fans coming in here saying he deserved it. That's the code. This and that. Well, uh, they only did this because they didn't call a penalty on this. It's like okay, well if you want penalties called, if you want the right things to happen. You should be asking for Brendan Dillon to have gotten a two or five minute penalty on that play. And you should be asking for Ryan Hartman to be given a five minute major 
kicked out of that game and be at least suspended for one game. If you look back at Evgeny Malkin a couple years ago where he swings his stick at a player and just brushes the side of their helmet, he gets a one-game suspension. You want to know why? Because you don't intentionally uh, (laughs) swing your stick at a player's face. You don't do that. That is not a hockey play. I, I I just don't understand how we constantly have these discussions on 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 player safety and and we keep looking at the goon who's at the top deciding who gets what we've seen inconsistencies left right and center we've seen dirty plays happen without any recourse listen the jets are not perfect uh, Neil Pionk has need people in the past. Uh, Josh Morsey uh, uh, cross-checked a, a wild player to the face in the middle of the playoffs. And you know what happened? He got suspended for two games. And that was mid-play in the playoffs. He got suspended two playoff games. Which is like essentially four games it, 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 by, by the, the standard of, of uh, you know, by the standard of of you know two play or one playoff game equals two playoff games and suspensions, it just doesn't make sense. We need more consistency. We need uh, less of a conflict of interest uh, for the people at, at the top of it. And at the end of the day, we need player safety. Anyways, that's my bit on Ryan Hartman. That guy sucks. Uh, he's going to keep sucking. I, 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 by the end of his career, I'm sure he'll be suspended one more time and we'll have uh, multiple more, uh, 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 fines levied on him, but it is what it is. That's hockey, baby. Toughen up. Anyways, regardless, we'll tone it back down. We'll we'll bring it back to the jets. As I said, a fantastic start to the year. I'm very glad Cole Perfetti only needed a couple stitches. Fun birthday for him, uh, having, you know, the (laughs) stitches in his lip. Um, But anyways, at this moment here, guys, thank you all for tuning in with me. Please do like the stream if you guys are still here with me. We're going to have a couple banger shows coming up here. This will be taking over. Uh, I know we obviously have the the Anaheim Ducks game coming up, which, excuse me, um, which is going to be a gong show, uh, considering the whole Ryan Strom thing. Uh, don't you love that? Don't you love that the way that that things are settled in this in this league is by uh, uh, teams playing each other uh, and just going, hey, next time we play you guys, hell to pay, you know? But regardless, I hope you guys have yourselves a wonderful evening. I'm going to be off of the, the stream for probably a week and a bit now I'm heading on vacation. Uh, so this will be here with you. I know Kishore, I think is going to be joining uh, her for the ducks game. But other than that, the next game for the Winnipeg jets is, uh, is Thursday against the sharks. Uh, and this will be coming with you guys with uh, Elliot Russ and Holt. Uh, but anyways, have you guys have yourselves a wonderful evening. Follow me on Twitter at NHL chunky follow at SDPN sports. Make sure to sub- subscribe to SCPN on YouTube here. We're at 90, 99K subs. As soon as we get to 100K subs, we are able to we are partnered and we're able to do a lot more fun things with YouTube. So please do drop a sub. Have yourselves a wonderful evening. Thank you all for tuning in with me. Go Jets go. I'll see you later.